It's another edition of the Deep Slant Podcast. I'm your host, D.B. Sidhu. It's been a few weeks, but we're back with another uh, great interview. This time we sort of catch up with our AFC South opponents, the Jacksonville Jaguars. A lot's been going on, obviously, in their offseason. J.P. Shadrick of the Jaguars Radio Network sort of filled us in on everything from Nick Foles uh, to the 2019 schedule to what it's like to play in London and a few players that were not at offseason workouts and we also talked about the 2019 draft. What are the Jaguars looking at? Who does he think they may take in the first round and beyond? That's all in my interview with J.P. Shadrick. But first, uh, if you're listening, be sure to subscribe on iTunes. But first, if you're listening, be sure to tune into iTunes, TuneIn, or Stitcher. Subscribe, like, uh, leave a review if you can. And uh, shout out to our sponsors, Freddy, Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers, their Steak Burgers are a real game changer. And Bose, Quiet QC35-2 headphones, the official headphones of the Houston Texans. And with that, let's get into this week's interview, J.P. Shadrick of the Jacksonville Jaguars Radio Network. J.P., I haven't talked to you since week 17 officially, I guess, on the record. How have you been? Oh, just lovely. Uh, we've had a busy off season here. Just a little bit. okay. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's good to talk to you again. Yeah, you know, you mentioned a busy offseason. A lot's happened since the last time I talked to you. Blake Bortles was your starting quarterback. Um, you've made a few changes there. Uh, we've had the NFL schedule come out. The draft mm-hmm. is coming up. So I want to get into all that with you with the Jaguars and, and how things are going. I know Doug Marone spoke to the media, Tom Coughlin as well. So we'll get into all that. Uh, but first, let's talk about the big change for the Jaguars this offseason, uh, the Nick Foles era. It's underway. It's begun. So how has that been for the Jaguars, and, and how's this transition been? Yeah, here it is. It's a, you know, if you heard Tom Coughlin speak uh, earlier, I guess last week, at the State of the Franchise address here, um, that was pretty much the goal at the start of the offseason. They wanted to go after Nick Foles. They said that after they got him. Um, and they wanted a veteran presence. They wanted a guy who's had success on the field and off the field. And he's had all of that, and he was the he was the guy from the jump. I think that they wanted to go after. Um, it just didn't work out with Blake here. We all know that story. I think we've talked about that uh, pretty much to death. So we'll let that one lie. I think this time, and uh, he's on to to L.A. And we all love Blake off the field and and what he did for this community. But uh, everybody's looking forward to see what Nick Foles can bring. Uh, he'll bring all the off field stuff and all that, but. Uh, to have a successful on-the-field quarterback coming in, uh, still with a lot of prime years in his career left, hopefully, um, that would be a great thing for this organization. Uh, I know he made a great first impression or two uh, on his introductory press conference. The first day, obviously, he won that and then came in at the start of the offseason program here and uh, just kind of explained a little bit of how he operates, how he gets to know players, how he works in the locker room. And he's not a big rah-rah in-your-face guy, but everybody who's been around him, at least that has spoken about him publicly in the past that's been in the locker room with him, raves about the guy. I don't remember hearing any bad things about Nick Foles, and that tells you a lot about what he can do in a locker room. And that's fine. Bring it to the field, too. And it seems like um, the football side super excited that, you know, he'll bring a little more consistency and, and put the ball where it's supposed to be most of the time. So uh, it's all positive, at least right now, at the quarterback position right now for the Jags. Yeah, it seemed like even the send-off in Philly was very positive for Nick Foles. So they had obviously right? so great DC, memories <laughs> of yeah, what he was of able Philly, to do there. 
you know, we had uh, we had Sal Palantonio on one of our shows, right? A longtime Philadelphia guy, sure. ESPN, whole deal. And he brought, you know, I said, hey, you know, he wasn't really the face of the franchise. He was a backup guy, and he stopped me. He said, what do you mean he wasn't the face of the franchise? He's the the second most important eagle in history behind Chuck Bednarik. I was like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> Think about it, you know? Um, so they love him in Philly, obviously. That. Uh, I don't know. I don't think he was overstating that. He was serious about that comment, and I was shocked to hear that. Yeah, and you know, with the Jaguars, it seemed like the entire off season. It seemed like Nick Foles would end up in Jacksonville. That was a great fit for him. Uh, but you know, as far as picking a younger quarterback in the draft, was that ever even in question? They picked what seventh overall this year, and I remember last year sitting in the draft room uh, when, or you know, sitting here covering the draft when you know the Jaguars would pick, everybody here would hold their breath because they really thought last year they might draft a younger guy. But was that ever an option? And and do you think that's something they still may do? Because I know they have other quarterbacks on the roster, but do you think they still go out and pursue another younger guy to sort of learn under Nick? Or is that something that they'll address in the future? Yeah, they got uh, Kessler still around. They got uh, Tanner Lee, a guy who they uh, got in the draft late last year, like sixth, seventh round, late, late round pick. And they got McGoag, who was a uh, who was with Seattle on the practice squad. So it's not like they have a huge superstar backup guy. Not that the super backup's going to be a superstar. I think there's a shot they get one later in the draft. You know, I would be just you know head sewn to the carpet shocked if it was a first or second round pick. That would be um, crazy to think about after what they've spent and the amount of years they've spent it on Nick Foles to go out and get one. Um, who knows though? The weird things have happened in the draft, but I, I just don't foresee that this time around. I would not be shocked though if they got a later round guy in here just to bring in another fresh face with a new offensive coordinator and John D. Filippo and all that. Um, but yeah, early rounds, forget about it. I think Nick Foles is the guy for the foreseeable future, unless just something dramatic and and really really weird happens on Thursday night. I don't see that happening. What about some of the other not- notable off-season moves that the Jaguars made? Obviously, we saw Alfred Blue signing there. They did quite an overhaul of the running back position there. Obviously, Leonard Fournette still there in Jacksonville. But any other moves that surprised you, either players coming or going? Well, they're still trying to figure out the tight end position here, and they've been trying to do that for a long, long time here, uh, ever, really since Mercedes Lewis. And even when Mercedes was still here, when he lost his legs a little bit and couldn't run it like he used to, well, they went out and got Julius Thomas. That didn't go so well. They spent a lot of money on him. And then last year they go out and get Austin Safarian Jenkins and throw some money his way, and he made it to about week five. Actually, he didn't even really make it out of training camp. He was hurt in training camp and wasn't really right for the first five weeks, but he finally broke down in week five, and that was done. He's out of here. So, what you know, what's the next step? Well, they went out and got Swaim from Dallas, who was the backup to Witten all those years last year, kind of stepped out and played a little bit more. Um, you know, is he an answer? Is he a superstar? I don't know. It's a great question. So that leads you to the draft. It's like, you know, there's only four tight ends on the roster. Three might not get recognized at their own Easter dinner. And, um, hey, you know, you got to figure that out because you've had, you haven't had a real superstar tight end here. And with the quarterback coming in like Foles, who has a lot of success with tight ends in Philadelphia, remember, it would be nice to have somebody that can get you down the field and help out in the run game, too. So I think if you had to pick a position to, to kind of watch for here, uh, it's that. It is Do they believe in Swaim enough to, to let it fly? I don't think so, personally. 
I think there's going to be something going on with the tight end in the draft. All right, I'm going to ask you more about the draft in a little bit, but first let's mm-hmm. talk about the schedule that just came out last week. I know mm-hmm. everybody here is super excited about the Texans-Jags game in in London, which is week nine, November right. 3rd. The Jags. Your first trip. You have our, our first trip to London for a game, and I think we're one of the last few teams to actually play a game over there. The Jaguars have done it for a number of years, and they've – so, and I've seen them, we, you and I have talked about the changes that you guys have made in your travel schedule. Uh, what is the Jaguars, do they, they, it seems like they really enjoy playing over there in Wembley. Yeah, I'm not going to give you all our secrets, DP. Oh, I'm please not do. Doing it. I can't tell you about the travel times, and I can't tell you about the great bars, and I can't tell you about, you know, what, what to and, and what to not eat. You know, I can't do that <laughs> because, we, you know, it's a home field advantage for the Jags, home away from home. I'm kidding, of course. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, the, to that week nine. And it, after this year, that is the last London game this year. So after that game, uh, there will be uh, 31 teams will have played in London. The only one not to play there after this season is the Green Bay Packers. They have not played there. So you guys were the next to last team to, to not have played in London. Uh, we'll get that taken care of. It's a fantastic weekend. Um, you know, the first couple of years the Jags went, they weren't a very good football team anyway. And... You know, this is 2013. They had a bunch of rookie undrafted guys, and they're just they they're playing the the 49ers who run out on the field like the like a defending NFC champion like they were. A bunch of big monsters walking out there, and then our kids come out there, and it, it was 28 nothing after four drives. You know, it was just that you couldn't compete. It was a different world. And the first two years, the Jags stayed all week long. Got over there on Monday or Tuesday practiced out in the countryside at a resort they have a few different resorts over there that have a field set up now for nfl practices and then on friday the team would move into into central london and stay at a nice hotel down on park lane the first year or a little later out towards wembley there's a hotel there and then practice like a walkthrough on friday at a rugby stadium and then all the events on saturday and then the game sunday well well they got their you know, they got boat raced for three years straight over there. So it was like, okay, we need to switch something up here, not stay all week. There's distractions. You're going out. There's this, there's, there's this and that. So the last few years, it's been leave on Thursday afternoon, evening, get there Friday morning about it. You know, you land at 630 in the morning. And then you, um, about, you know, you check in the hotel at Wembley. Uh, you get in a bus about 10 o'clock. You go to the rugby stadium five miles away. You do a walk through to get your legs loose. And then you uh, have another walk through Saturday at the stadium. And you play the game Sunday and you go straight to the airport and you're home by 1.30 in the morning. I mean, it's, it's basically like a longer West Coast road trip now. And I think that's helped a lot. Um, the team got better. That helped a lot also, all that combined. Um, it's a blast, man. You're gonna see you're gonna see jerseys and hats of same team of teams in the same division on one person. You know, it's just that <laughs> kind of. It's, it's weird. You'll see a Patriots Brady jersey with a Jets hat and people dressed as cows when the Cowboys came. They didn't really quite understand what that you know what that was. I love it. it. I love it. But it's a it's an interesting environment. It really is, and it's eighty eight thousand people. I mean, it's it's insane. Eighty three thousand, whatever they do it for NFL. Um, it's big, it's loud, it's fun. Uh, it's a lot more fun when the Jaguars win, and they've done that as of late. Didn't win last year against the Eagles. So I think it'll have a blast. It's a lot of weekend, of a lot of activities and, and events. and um, It ain't going away. They just keep adding games over there. I think if there's one thing that people stop me and ask me about, it's it's that London game and how – I mean, people yeah. are excited. 
just even watch a game on on television in London. They've got quite a few this year. Uh, let's talk about the Jaguars, the rest of their 2019 schedule. What are your thoughts on uh, the schedule, how it landed for the Jags, anything that stands out to you, what you like, what you didn't like? I saw they, they open up against KC, and then they play the Texans twice before the bye week. Yeah, the uh, Kansas City game's interesting. It kind of makes you think that the league had a little something in mind here to to see if the Jags are going to be back and, and relevant again. Well, you're going to find out pretty quick against the reigning MVP and Mahomes and all the rest out there in Kansas City. Can this defense do what they did last year in Week Five against Kansas City? And that's you know they held them to twenty something points, which is one of the lowest, if not the lowest, output for their offense all of last season, at least for the better part of last season. The Jags just couldn't finish that game. They had offensive issues. The tackle got hurt. Saperian Jenkins got hurt. They couldn't finish in the red zone. They lost the football game. But are they back? You know, they've got Foles now. They've got an offense kind of on the on the mend and getting back into uh, out of the training room and all that. Um, and the defense they feel like is going to be pretty good. So why not put them against the reigning MVP Week One? That's an exciting game. It's here in Jacksonville. And uh, it'll be a one o'clock. I hope it's ninety-eight degrees with about ninety percent <laughs> humidity that day. That would be helpful. Um, yeah, the the division games are interesting. You know, the the te- yeah Texans twice in the first part of the season for the most part nine weeks. Uh, prime time game, our annual prime time game against the Titans is week three on Thursday night football. Uh, that has turned into a tradition. It has not been a very good one as of late for the Jags. They have not played well in Tennessee. And they've got to figure that out if they're going to get this division um, year upon year. So some good stuff early in the season. And, you know, the, the trick is that middle part of the season for the Jags, it's it's uh, the London game against the Texans. And then it's back-to-back road division games after the bye that comes right after the London game. So three straight division games in four weeks, all three away from Jacksonville. If you can manage the first part of the schedule, you know, 500, a little better than that, get through those division games, then you can set up for three out of five games in December at home like they did a couple years ago and made that run in 2017 to the postseason. So that's where it turns for me, the middle part of that that schedule against the Texans, two more division games, and we'll see what happens from there. It's going to be strange not facing the Jaguars uh, in December, I tell you, but I'm not. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining at all. All right, off-season workouts are underway, obviously, for yeah. both teams, for the entire league. Jalen Ramsey and Telvin Smith not at off-season workouts. Now, obviously, you heard about that? Huh? Uh, yeah, it made news. Yeah. I know they're voluntary, so it's technically not a big deal. But is it in Jacksonville? I know that there were some press conferences, and Tom Coughlin was asked about them. Yeah, you know, I was on a, a serious XM interview um, Easter night, Sunday night. And the first question was, does Tom Coughlin need a Snickers bar? And I was like, well, <laughs> if, you, if you ask some of the people who've been around here for 25 years, they would say he's needed one for 25 years. You know, that, that's Tom being Tom, and he wants players here, and he's the, the gruff, older school mentality guy. And that's, that's how he's going to be. He's never not going to be that. He, he didn't ask anybody what he should put in his speech, and why should he? He's Tom Coughlin. Okay, great. Um, you know, the, the PA comes out and does their thing, and then Ramsey comes out and does his thing, and I don't know, whatever. I think it's all a little overblown. It's the off season. There's not a lot else going on right now. Um, and it's, you know, it, it is voluntary, no matter what anybody says about it. And I think that's always kind of been the case. Jalen didn't come last year either. He turned out just fine on the defensive side of the football. He'll come to the mandatory stuff 
we think. Uh, he did last year. And uh, he'll be fine because he's a first-team all-pro caliber type of player. And the Telvin Smith thing is a little interesting because there was a little murmur here or there last year. His play had declined some. They've already paid him. You know, he had a big contract extension in the past year, a couple of years ago. Uh, where's he? Don't know. Does it matter? Yeah. No, it's voluntary, but I think you'd like to see him around at some point here. Um, I think you, know, you can talk about leeway and all you want, but the fact is if somebody needs a day off and wants to go somewhere and do something else, fine. That's just what it's for. That's why they negotiated it like they did. Um, but that's the story with those two. Uh, now, there was the, the the you know, the other day Doug Marone said that, hey, I've reached out to both these guys. I haven't heard back. Well, I I guess Jalen Ramsey's number had changed, and Doug didn't have the new number, so he texted this old number. Jalen got hot. He saw it in the media. He's like, I didn't hear from Doug Marone. What in the world's going on here? Of course, they, they've talked on the phone since then and had a good laugh about it, and apparently all is well. So there you have it. Then that's always a little awkward. Social media, that's how it works. <laughs> it's always a little awkward when you change your number and don't tell your head coach. But that's <laughs> interesting. That's interesting that you brought up Jalen Ramsey not working out last year. I mean, because you're right. He did have a great season. I had a chance yeah. to chat with him at the Pro Bowl as well. So maybe that's just, mode, you know, his mode of operating. He just enjoys working out at, in Nashville or wherever he is now. Uh, like, you know what? He had you on Jalen TV. I didn't expect. <laughs> so well, remember, I remember this. <laughs> My first Pro Bowl, and I just see the Jaguars Twitter puts up a Jalen TV, and I'm in the clip, and I thought, oh, this is not something I wanted, nor did I plan. But he was he was great, actually. We were talking to him about um, Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. All Obviously, all these guys have the same agent, and they're good friends, and he always has glowing things to say about his uh, friends on the Texans who are not Stay friends for two weeks out of the year. <laughs> Stay away from our corner. I know. I was, you, you think I was trying to get intel. And, uh, <laughs> well, maybe maybe I won him over. I, I really don't know. All right, we talked about uh, the draft. You said tight end is a position to sort of look at. Other yeah. big areas of need. I know there's a lot of mock drafts out there. Uh, who are people predicting that the, the Jaguars are going to be looking at in the first round? Yeah, it's for me, I think it's a three kind of position group look here. And if you ask, you know, we, we asked the, the media luncheon on Monday, and asked all these guys about it on the record, and they said, oh, yeah, it's going to be best available player. They said that. Okay, what what the heck does that mean? It, you don't know. It could be, you know, who's available at seven can change if somebody weird's taken at four, if the Raiders are right in what's been reported earlier in the week, whatever. So, it's tied in because, as we talked about earlier, they only have four on the roster and one you somewhat maybe have heard of in Swain, and he's not a household name either. Um, you need a right tackle, but is the seven spot in the draft too high to take a pure right tackle? Um, good question. That's a debate we've had around here with Baselli and all, all the guys here. Um, and then the other one is pass rusher. And you say, wait a minute, hold on, the defensive line here is pretty darn good. Well, in a year or two, it may not be as good as it looks right now, right? Um, Calais Campbell is still playing at a very high level, of course, but he might not forever because he's human, believe it or not. Um, Yannick Ngakwe is coming up on a contract at the end of the year. If you can't figure it out with him, he might not be around. Or if the play kind of levels off, if he reaches his ceiling and it's not as good as you think it is, you might not want to pay him what he wants to get paid. Okay, you got questions there. Taven Bryan, still a young player. He was the first-round pick last year. Um, he had a little impact late in the year, but was not uh, 
a true superstar yet, and Dante Fowler's out of here. So guess what? All of a sudden, your two guys are not here. If if Ngakwe, for some reason, is not here, then you need a guy. So um, don't be shocked at that either. I still got for me right now is um, offensive player just because they, they need to get some pieces around Foles. Uh, and if you're a first-round pick, you're expected to contribute right away. And, um, you know, is it a guy like Jawan Taylor out of Florida? Is it Jonah Williams from Alabama? And maybe you move Cam Robinson and put him on the left. You have some options. That's a question. You're looking at the Iowa kids, the tight ends, Fant and Hawkinson, and even Irv Smith from Alabama, if you want to go a little further down. Uh, good question that uh, nobody outside of that room of the, the trio of leadership here, uh, I don't know if anybody really knows the answer right now. And they may not, they might have seven guys in mind, and then they'll figure out who's left at seven. Uh, if they could get out of it, if there's a quarterback battle or something in the draft. Yeah, I was going to say, know, they're, they're in a prime they position. They're in a prime position to trade that yeah. pick, that sounds like. I think it's possible, and I think they're open to that, depending on how far down they go and then what they get in return. Tom Coughlin always wants to win, even in trades. And um, it's tough to do sometimes uh, because both sides need to be happy with it. Um, we, talk, we talk about a trade every year in the draft, and we're always in the top ten, it seems like, unfortunately, here. But I've yet to see one since I've been here, and I've been here for this is my eighth draft. Well, it'll be an interesting draft to see. Nonetheless, some of those names you mentioned have also popped up on the Texans mock draft, so I certainly hope they don't get taken at number seven because I think a lot of fans here would be very, very disappointed as Texans yeah. fans also really hoping for uh, someone on the offensive line as far as tackles are concerned. All right, J.P. Shadrick, we'll have to touch base after the draft and uh, before the season starts for sure. So thank you so much as always for your time. Always good to talk to you, D.P., anytime, you know that. And uh, good luck to you guys in the draft. And um, I guess we'll see you um, early in the season in September. But we'll talk before then. We'll definitely, mean, definitely chat before then. right around the corner. Oh, please don't say that. The off- <laughs> <laughs> right, here it comes. Here comes the You guys are in nice, cool Houston this summer, I heard. Too. I'll take it. I'll take it. You know what? After two years of West Virginia, no offense to West Virginia, I'm happy to be home for those weeks of training camp. Gives you a little extra time, a little extra time to get ready for the season. I like it. Uh, right. Always good to talk to you, DP. Thank Th- you. Thanks so much. That's J.P. Shadrick of the Jaguars Radio Network. That's going to do it for our podcast. I wonder how accurate J.P. is on the Jaguars 2019 draft picks. I guess we'll find out in a few days. And uh, in a few days, you'll want to absolutely listen to Texans Radio. We'll be on the air Thursday, Friday, and Saturday covering all the picks from the 2019 NFL Draft in Nashville, we'll be doing that actually from NRG Stadium. And then, of course, uh, HoustonTexans.com for all the stories and the interviews and more on all the newest Texans to be added to the roster. That's all coming up in just a few days. One of the most exciting off-season dates of the year, I think, the NFL draft. So that's going to do it for us. And as always, thank you so much for listening to the Deep Slant Podcast. I'm your host, D.P. Sidhu. Uh, be sure to check out uh, the mobile app. Download it if you get a chance. You can follow along with the draft picks as they're being selected. And, uh, you know, you can check out the podcast as well. iTunes, TuneIn, or Stitcher. So thanks, as always, for listening. And go Texans. <laughs>